Well, I'm thrilled today to have Kelly Caviglia on the podcast. I've known Kelly for a few years now, uh, and she has been one of my go-to people for advice on banks. Uh, many times when you start uh, a company, you're really uh, questioning which bank you should go to. You know, is it Silicon Valley Bank? Is it First Republic Bank? Is it uh, Chase, Citibank, Wells Fargo? Do you want an international bank, a domestic bank, uh, a local bank? What are the benefits? What are the, the, the disadvantages? What kind of relationship do you want with them? Um, are they very friendly to startups or uh, will, will you just get lost in the shuffle because uh, the bank is more interested in Fortune 100 companies? Um, so this conversation is, is a little bit about all those questions. Um, really, uh, I, I spend some time asking the probably the top five questions that I get from startup founders around which banks to choose and why. And I, I, I let Kelly uh, just answer those questions. So um, enjoy. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's going to be very informational and instructional. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Scale by Numbers, and uh, I'm thrilled to have uh, Kelly Caviglia with me today. Um, uh, I've known Kelly for several years now um, with different banking institutions, and she's currently at Bridge Bank, and I thought that she was perfect for this season uh, for a variety of reasons that that you'll you'll uh, realize very soon. So, Kelly, welcome. Uh, maybe you could give a, just a brief bio and background of, of who you are. Yeah, th thank you, James. Thank you for having me. We're excited to be here. Um, so my, my background is mostly in tech banking. I started my career at SVB and then like every 20 something year old in San Francisco, I decided I needed to go work for a startup myself. And I did, I worked for a startup from first client through acquisition. So I'm very familiar with all the pain points along the way and then quickly realized I needed stability back and went back to banking uh, where I was at FRB on the tech team. And uh, as of last year, I joined Bridge Bank to start their uh, startup banking program. Okay, awesome. And, and you also moved from San Francisco to Austin, right? Yes, I moved. I moved back. This is not my first. You time. moved back. Yes, yeah. I, I know everybody from California has moved here in the last couple of years, but I used to live here a number of years ago, so it's okay. happy, I'm happy to be back. Okay, great. Um, well, I'm 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 excited to um, talk about Bridge Bank a little bit in with regards to startups and you know high growth you know companies, whether they're VC backed or or bootstrapped or. And, and any other funded companies. Um, so, so maybe you could, you know, kind of kick us off with, um, um, you know, if, uh, you know, imagine I'm, I'm a CEO of a startup and, 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 may, and maybe, maybe I'm, a, I'm a, like a C to series A startup. And then maybe you can talk about how, um, you know, I should approach you from that lens or how I should approach you if I'm like a series C to series D, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit larger, more, more complicated needs, you know, what, what Bridge Bank offers there as well. Okay. Yeah. So I'll give just kind of an overview of Bridge Bank as a whole. Um, Bridge Bank, it was founded in Silicon Valley in 2001. Uh, we are a startup and technology focused bank. That is, you know, what we do day in and day out. And we work with clients anywhere from incorporation. And I have an idea and a hundred dollars all the way through IPO. I think Arcox is a great example of a client that went through IPO with us. Um, we are 
2015, we were purchased by Western Alliance, who owns a number of banks, usually on the smaller, more regional side. So think like Torrey Pines, Bank of Nevada, Bank of Arizona. And we are the startup and technology arm of that. Um, we still operate as, as Bridge Bank, but they are our parent company. Um, and we're about $58 billion in assets. Um, which puts us, I think, at a really nice sweet spot where we're not a large bank where, you know, if you're on the earlier stage side of things, you tend to get lost in the shuffle or may not have the best customer experience. Um, but we're also not, you know, the, a, a digital fintech or a regional bank where they may not have the products and services and or expertise to grow and scale with you. Um, so for us, you know, we have services to work with startups, you know, from from very early all the way through IPO. Um, you had asked about you know, incorporation through Series A. So I came on board in, in last year and put together what we call our startup banking program. So ultimately it's a way for us to provide resources and tools to early stage startups to make sure that they get to that point where they, you know, they do need the additional resources of a traditional startup bank like debt. And, and we can talk about that a little later. Um, but what they really need is you know, access to the ecosystem. So we created what's called banking with benefits. And it's ultimately just a suite of benefits that they get by being a client of ours. Um, we recognize we're very well connected in the ecosystem. So we might as well share the love. And so, you know, things like, you know, AWS uh, cloud credits, um, discounts on, on bookkeeping, discounts on CRM systems, and different items that they're going to need as they scale that, they, you know, these are solid platforms in the industry. And so, you know, they've provided discounts and or free services. We have some law firms that are even providing free office hours to really make sure that they have all the tools necessary. On top of that, we offer um, up to three years, no banking fees. Um, and so that's their business uh, analyzed checking account. Um, with that, you know, it's for pre-seed and seed companies. Once they raise series A, they kind of switch over into a more robust um, product offering. Um, and again, it's making sure that they're not having to pinch their pennies and get charged all these charges while mm. they're trying to raise money. Um, you know, beyond that, I think the really nice aspect of Bridge Bank working with the early stage startups is the customer service aspect of it. Um, you know, at certain banks, one, you may not even know who your banker is, which is, you know, an issue in itself when you have a problem. But, you know, some banks will hand you off at different stages of your growth cycle. And that can be hard to keep up with. Um, with us, you're with the same team for the extent of your relationship with the bank. So that means you develop that relationship early on. And we, we know you well, and we're here to also, you know, be a resource beyond just banking products and services, like those introductions, those, you know, uh, ecosystem connections that we can provide. We host a number of events to make sure that these early stage founders are getting in front of investors, because let's be honest, that's their number one need is to get in front of the right people. So really utilizing our ecosystem to make sure that they are, are getting access to that. And then once they get to the point where maybe they've raised, you know, a larger seed round or a series A and they have that institutional backing, that's where Bridge Bank can really shine. And we provide, you know, venture debt, traditional venture debt, working capital lines, um, equipment financing, whatever the, the specific startups need and business model is. Uh, we provide a wide variety. Um, and that's also what's really nice about Bridge is, 
you know, if, if we don't do it, we also have our partners at Western Alliance uh, and some of the other banks that, you know, if we can't do a certain deal, we can just reach across and we're all under the same operational umbrella, which makes it really easy, but you're still just working with the same team. Um, and so from series A, you know, a lot of times those deals come in through like referrals, but if, if that's something that you're in need of and you're looking for other options or, you know, just to see what else is out there, uh, Bridge is, is a really great resource for, you know, financing and debt needs for growth stage startups. I think historically that's where, you know, most of our attention has gone, um, which is why, you know, on the earlier stage side of things, uh, startups may not have known exactly who Bridge Bank was because the startup banking program is brand new as of, you know, the beginning of the year for us. Um, and so for us, we really wanted to extend the offering and say, we'll work with you from the start all the way through IPO and, instead of just coming in a little bit later. Great. Um, so, so uh, you know, we, we've talk, talked in the past about different companies and their needs and um, so, so may, maybe you could talk about um, if you know. Assume I'm a I'm a CEO, and I realize that um, you know my Series A is 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 going pretty well, but it's it's getting extended, and now I need some 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 bridge funding. You know, convert. You know, I'm finding some convertible notes, but you know, I'm trying to trying to find different areas for funding. So, you know, I've got you know the notes are kind of doing it a little bit. You know, but but now I also you know, I'm interested in like maybe a line of credit or venture debt or, um, you know, how, how, how quickly do you move towards that? And what do you look uh, for in companies to be able to, to give that? Yeah, you know, I always say, especially on the early stage side of things, if you have the opportunity to set yourself up with the right bank from the start, it's going to benefit you in the long run, because the last thing that you want to be doing when you're in hyper growth mode, focus on your growing your business and executing is to be scrambling to change bank accounts because you now need debt or financing and your bank doesn't provide it. Not all tech teams at certain banks provide debt financing for, for startups. So it's certainly something to one check on. And, and I think that's where a startup focused bank really comes in handy because the way that we can assist and our expertise is, is you know, going to help you in the long run. Um, from an early stage perspective, it's always nice for us to, you know, if you're already a client for us to sit down and go through your financials and you say, hey, when, when will I be ready? Uh, and we can set benchmarks for you and say, this is when it's gonna make sense. That way you're prepared and you're not scrambling and coming to your bank and saying like, I need it, I need it now. Um, you already know what you need to hit in order to have that conversation. Um, you know, we do have companies that come to us that you know are on the earlier stage side of things. If they haven't raised institutional funding yet, um, there are third-party lenders that we work with, you know, depends on their, their business model and where they are in terms of, you know, their consumer or their revenue. There's, you know, a bunch of different factors, but we can make introductions and facilitate that for them and see if they can get set up a little bit earlier because typically those third parties come in before a bank would. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if they're still waiting and they're an existing client, um, again, we can see what we can do. We do move, you know, relatively fast, you know, I mean, it is a bank and it's, you know, usually around, we say four to six weeks. So, you know, the, the two week needs is something that you really need to be planning for. I always tell founders, you know, your 
planning and, and building out your business model for, you know, 12 months, 18 months, do the same with your banking needs and, and have a, a banking partner that can sit down and, and map that out and more strategically with you going forward so that it is not this, oh no, now I don't have what I need to continue forward. Um, always reach out to the banker, you know, even if it's not something that we can assist with, we'll see if we can connect you with, with the right team. Um, in terms of like what we look for, it's going to vary based on the need, the type of company. Um, but of course, the institutional backing is, is key for us, um, whether that's a large seed or, or a series A. Um, you know, we want to see growth in the last couple of years or the last year, you know, depending on how, how quickly, you know, you started and started growing. Um, we want to see strong projections um, for, for the next year. Um, so it really, it really is, you know, a multitude of factors that, you know, we, we go in to do our due diligence and our due diligence can, you know, take a week or two, depending on, on how in depth the, the requirements of the deal are. Okay, great. Um, so, so, so I, you know, I'm, I'm talking about many of my experiences um, with fun, fundraising, but when, um, you know, when you're in fundraising mode and, and you go to the bank, whichever one it is and and you know and you know they're they're a problem you know there can be all kinds of problems right the credit line all of a sudden they don't want to renew it for some reason that has nothing to do with with the fundraise that's going on um or you know they want to push out the venture debt raise or you know the, 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 this there's something and then you think oh maybe i'm with the wrong bank or maybe another bank is better um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, switching banks and, and when, when people come to you and switch, you know, what are typically the reasons they give and why are they unhappy with the other banks and, and how do you solve, you know, those pain points? Yeah, I think, I think there's, there's two different scenarios that we encounter. One is they're just very unhappy with the customer service and the, and the platform, the, the overall customer experience that they're receiving at their bank. And the other is going to be, you know, a, a financing need or, um, and that usually is sometimes rushed, sometimes not. And, and, you know, it, us being able to do the deal would, would only be the reason that they're actually going to move. Um, on the first side of it, the customer service aspect of it is a lot of times it's, you know, they can't get a hold of somebody. Um, they have been handed off multiple times. They don't feel like they're getting the best service or, you know, online platform and, um, and operationally, it's just not working for them. Uh, I think a lot of times on the operational side of things, um, you know, some some of the banks are a little bit older platforms, and and so they want something that's intuitive. And the reality is, is like a startup bank. We we wouldn't be a startup bank if we didn't have a system to be able to serve our our startups, you know, remotely. Especially nowadays, everybody is is everywhere, um, and so we want them to be able to do business anywhere. And then I think also having the same team and, and making sure you have everybody's uh, contact information. And, you know, the companies that I work with, the founders all have my cell phone number. Uh, so it's not a 1-800 number. There's not, they're not waiting on my email reply. They can text me if they need to, uh, to make sure that, you know, if I can't help them, I can get them in contact with the right person. Um, and then on the other end of it, of course, you know, we will, you know, that requires the due diligence and, and going through and seeing if we can complete a deal and see if, if, um, you know, 
maybe they want to compare to what their current bank is is offering or um, they don't like the terms that their current bank is is providing and, and want to look elsewhere okay um, um when, when it comes to, to um, I guess, deciding on, on which bank to go with, um, how, how do you, so, so I, I guess there are different models in banks um, and, and you were talking about some of your ecosystem. So, you know, Western Technologies or WTI and some of the others that, that maybe when you look at some of the, you know, I'm not naming any name, other names, but, you know, they do the venture debt internally, right? So, so that's part of their product mix. Um, you know, th th there is a lot of benefit. I think I think there's benefit of doing it all internally. I think there's benefit of also having kind of like a hub and spoke model, um, mm -hmm. where where you're not, you know, where not everything is tied to one thing. So if you know the relationships hours with the bank, all of a sudden, you know, your commercial banking's tied to your venture debt, to your credit line, you know, and and if you leave, like the whole thing just collapses, sure. and you have to you have to rebuild it somewhere else. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you can you talk a little bit more about you know that kind of that ecosystem and that that model a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the first off, we we do work with other venture debt firms, so it's not some you know if we can't do the deal, we always want to make sure that the prospect and or client has a soft landing and an introduction to somebody else. So there's always that opportunity. You know, obviously, we would like to be able to do it ourselves um, and have it all in house. Um, I think in all honesty, it really comes down to your relationship and customer service. Um, because if if the relationship's gonna go sour, it's usually because there's miscommunication, um, or at least that's the core of the issue. Um, and and somebody's not communicating something and then, you know, you know, somebody sees something they don't wanna see in their account. Um, and, and for us, it's really important that we are planning and, and being strategic about the way that we are mapping out these deals with our clients and that we're touching base with them on a regular basis and are in contact. And I think if you actually develop a, a relationship with your banker, um, a lot of that can be avoidable. Um, and, and so, from my perspective, it, it's a lot of like the interpersonal skills that, that can uh, avoid situations like that. Okay. Um, the, uh, I, I, I have many customers in different states and so mm -hmm. they look for banks and some, some choose the big, you know, national or international banks and some, some use, re, you know, very regionalized banks with better mm -hmm. relationships. Um, do, do, do you welcome startups from, you know, from, you know, New York and Georgia and North Dakota and California. Yeah. Is yeah. So we're, although we're headquartered in Silicon Valley, we have offices and teams in all the major tech hubs. So, you know, Seattle, San Diego, LA, I'm in Austin, Texas. We have a team here, um, Denver, Atlanta, New York, Boston. Um, but we also work with startups uh, in other cities and states across the U.S. We are a U.S. you know based bank. Um, I have clients in Minnesota and, and Nashville, so it really doesn't matter. Especially, I think in the last couple of years, 
everybody has moved out of some of the, the big cities and moved to smaller locations. I was talking to somebody in Boise, Idaho yesterday. Um, so regardless of what, what state you're in, we can still be of assistance because the platform, including the onboarding process is all done remote. So, you know, we're not a branch consumer bank where you're going to go in and, and, and have to deposit checks or have to sign your documents in person. Uh, everything's done via DocuSign and, and your mobile app and your online banking platform so that you can do business business from anywhere. Um, you know, we also work with a number of startups that are moving from overseas and maybe they're opening their account here um, and still operating it from their home country overseas for a little while before they, you know, start to expand their operations here. And, and we work with them as well. So everything's done remote. Okay. Um, do, do you also work with startup nonprofits? We do. Yep. We have a whole team that focuses on nonprofits. Um, and I mean, we have a, a team that focuses on real estate. So when I say technology and startup focused, we are industry agnostic. So that spans a, a lot of different uh, you know, sectors. So for us, it can be software, hardware, biotech. We have a whole life science team that focuses on life science and, and, and med tech. Um, and anything that has to go through FDA approvals. So we have a, a lot of expertise in that area. Our tech team, um, we have a team that focuses on like real estate transactions. So, you know, think about anything that supports the tech ecosystem. So, you know, it could be a law firm that, that supports our, our ecosystem. We're still working with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, is there anything that I have missed that that you, you think is important to, you know, to, to startup founders to, to hear? I think on the early stage side of things, when you're an early stage founder, do your due diligence when you're when you're talking to banks. I think there's there's a lot a lot of options out there, um, and a lot of times, especially first time founders, you may end up where you opened your your checking account when you were 18 or 16, and and that's just all you knew. Um, it's it's worthwhile to look at a startup focused bank that can help you and has tools and resources and just frankly expertise in the area um, to assist along the way. Um, I also think it's it's good to get start uh, set up from the start correctly. Um, the sooner you do it, the better off you'll be because again, you need to be focused on execution and, and growing your actual business, not worrying about your banking situation and whether or not you know you can get a hold of somebody or what what are all these charges I'm getting you know when you're when you have five thousand dollars in the account. Uh, so really just focusing in on on the the right solutions for you, um, and then as you grow those you know additional serve products and services just become a tap on the shoulder to your banker to say, hey, I'm ready for this, or hey, when will I be ready for this? Let's have a conversation. And it can be a lot smoother. I think a lot of times people associate working with their banker, like going to the dentist, nobody really wants to do it, but you have to. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so hopefully, you know, we can make it a a lot less painful um, and provide some valuable resources and expertise. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I come across, you know, my mind always goes to, oh, this is subconsciously, this is what it was like 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I, yeah. you know, I'm going to get somebody else to call into that organization. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's just not that way anymore. Things have just changed so much. And I think that, um, yeah. you know, your the bank can be your friend, you know, if yeah. you choose the right one. Yeah. And I think, you know, from a consumer side of things, a lot of times when you're, you know, 
when you think of banking experience, your your mind goes directly to you as a consumer calling a one eight hundred number to mm-hmm. to get a hold of somebody to you know uh, deal with an issue you're having, and that's so far different than startup banking um, and and business banking. So again, that's why I say like do your due diligence, like you know make sure that you're working with a bank that focuses on startup and has technology expertise. Okay. Well, thank you, Kelly. Um, I, I highly recommend that whoever is looking for a bank or switching or a new bank definitely reaches out to you and puts you kind of in their top three to look at. Um, and, and, and your information will be in, in the show notes as well for, uh, of the podcast. Um, but thanks so much. This was great. And uh, um, yeah. Thank you, James. Well, that was uh, a great conversation. Um, to summarize, uh, I think there are uh, three main points coming out of that. So firstly, it does matter which bank you go to if you're a startup. So if you are seed to series A, series B, you really want to be looking for a bank that is very friendly to startups. Uh, and I think uh, Bridge Bank is definitely one of those. There are others, of course, um, but Bridge Bank um, definitely fits that mold. Uh, secondly, Uh, the ecosystem and the partnerships that these banks have are really important. So what kind of relationships do they have with different software vendors, uh, different different startup credit cards? What kind of benefits and discounts can you get from them? Uh, And then also, uh, what kind of relationships do they have with with other uh, 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 capital investors, whether it's uh, other venture debt providers uh, or ways to, to raise more money quickly, I think is, uh, is very important. And different banks will have different relationships with different, different entities. And then the final uh, thing is really how, how fast can they move, right? And so you heard Kelly talk about the fact that the startup founders have, their, have her, uh, her cell phone number so, so they can text her. Um, she loves uh, deepening relationships with the founders. And I think uh, the, the, that just speaks straight into the fact that uh, Bridge Bank is able to move very quickly on funding and, and, and underwriting things. And so when you look for a bank, I think you really want to take that into account because many times when you are a startup founder, uh, you need cash and you need it quickly. And so how quickly... Uh, the, the, the bank can get you that cash really depends on how nimble they are and how deep the relationship is as well. So uh, those are the three points. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did.